Welcome to Podheim, Jurok's Valheim podcast. Let's give him the business. Hey everybody, today is August 9th, 2022. I'm your host, Jurok the Viking, and joining me today are my fellow Vikings, Gwen the Shield Maiden. Hey, hey. Shield Maiden, Morning Darkness. Hi. Viking Vaste. Hello. And joining us for the first time, Zion the Legend. Salutations. So good to have you, Zion. Zion is one of the players on my servers and recently became a builder for our next seasonal server. But before we get into some of the other questions that Gwen and Morning Darkness have, Zion the Legend. Please tell me, where does your name come from? It was given by my mother ages ago when I was but a wee lad. <laughs> Mrs. Zion the Legend? <laughs> uh, the Legend is just me spicing it up a bit. Yes. But Zion is my given name. And it does have some meaning behind oh. it. Oh. Uh, my mother's brother was named David, and he fought a battle on Mount Zion and the Ah, interesting. So that is your actual real life name. It is indeed. And where are you from? I'm from USA. I currently reside in Virginia. However, I was born in Hawaii. Oh, did you? Oh, that's cool. Did you spend much time in Hawaii before moving? Sadly, no. We left before I was even two years old. Oh. Yeah, myself. I I spent most of my life in California. With the exception of the mili- being the mil- time I spent in the military, but uh, I was actually born in Michigan, but left there at the, around the age of four or five. So I have some vague memories, but it sounds like at two, you probably wouldn't have too many memories of Hawaii. Sadly, no, which is a real shame, too. Have you ever been back to Hawaii? Not yet. I am planning it, though, with my younger sister, who was also born there. Ah, okay. Do you still have family there? No, no, I do not. My father was um, in the Navy at the time, so he's just stationed there. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Well, Gwen, you have some questions, don't you? Mm-hmm. So what brought you, well, uh, before we ask you what brought you to, uh, to, to Valheim, um, what were some of your favorite games before you discovered Valheim, some of your gaming history? I have uh, quite a few that are very iconic to me, but to uh, keep it brief, I just mentioned some of the big ones. Uh, the first ones I would ever played was uh, StarCraft Brood War. I'm sure everyone knows that game. <laughs> Very popular. And I kept with the RTS genre for the longest time until about 12, when I started playing games like The Legend of Zelda. I've since played every game in the series, mm-hmm. every last one completed. Nice. Mm-hmm. And I spread from there into other similar genres that had more of the exploration aspect to, to it. Which is why a game like Valheim was a really big draw for me. Cool. And, and how did you discover Valheim? And when did you start playing Valheim? It was around when Valheim started to pick up the whispers on the internet. Everyone started talking about it all of a sudden. Me and my friend group uh, all took interest in it because we all love the Viking genre. Booted up a server. And after a year, most of them dropped off as usual. But I continued. You guys lasted for a whole year, your, your group? Oh, yeah. We do a lot of things together, actually. We have a D&D campaign that's been running for about a year and a half now. Nice. Uh, What convinced you to play on Jirok servers? 
So I've actually watched Dirac and been subscribed for a long time now, at least about a year or so. It wasn't until the season two sort of preview video he released came out, though, that I started getting really excited to actually try and hop in myself. All the cool player-made content just looked amazing. Very exciting. And then uh, what has been your favorite thing about playing on Jirok servers? I would say it's a given. It's that player-made content. <laughs> There's been a few that have some <laughs> just spectacular secrets that remind me of some of my favorite games. Nice. Like what? Do you have any examples? Or? There was a waste crypt, just to put it lightly. That, uh, <laughs> you know, not spoil anything for everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a yeah. whole hidden pathway. Yeah, the glowing green. Yeah, it was so cool. All the glowing green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, that that was one of the dungeons created by my builder, Apollyon, a fantastic builder, who came up with the idea to place uh, the barrels on their side. Um, Now the name is escaping me. What's What's that thing called? Fermenter. The fermenter. Yes. He placed it. I got you. Yeah, thank you. He placed it on its side and uh, then used the guck that's on the guck trees and uh, placed look, placed them into the ground and into the barrels to make it look like they were spilling out. And so he's got this whole dungeon with all this toxic waste spilling out. That Yeah, that's that's the one you're talking about, right, Zion? Indeed. It's the best one, in my opinion, for season two. Ah, awesome. Yeah, that one is is pretty cool. Well, we're so glad to have you on the podcast today. And I know this was very last minute. We were looking for, for someone and you are available. So thank you for hopping in with us. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Well, we're going to go to some announcements today. And uh, just quickly, if anybody had anything interesting over the last week, they, uh, they did. We'd love to hear about it. Uh, but short, because we do have a lot of cool stuff to get to today. Gwen. You're always busy this summer. What did you What did you do this last week? <laughs> so my latest adventure uh, last weekend was to go to a music festival uh, over here in the UK called the Wilderness Festival, and I was there from like Thursday evening to Sunday. And honestly, it's hands down the best festival I've ever been to. It was amazing. It was like a music festival, but catered for adults. <laughs> oh, nice. So uh, a lot more, you know, chilled, a lot less uh, drunk 18 year olds. Um, it's very kind of centered around wellness and sustainability and so on. And it's very chilled festival. You kind of take it out at your own pace. The music is great as well. It's very varied. Um, there's so many activities you can do. You can do crafting. You can, there's a lake that you can swimming and do boating. There's like so many things. They had like free yoga classes, like everything you could imagine. Um, it was fantastic. And yeah, it was so, so good. The weather was great as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I already booked my tickets for next year. (laughs) It was that good. It was my first time going. So, um, so yeah, the wilderness festival. And what's the, yeah, what's the theme of the festival? Um, it's not got a theme, really. It's, uh, well, wilderness is the theme, I guess. Um, again, they, the, the site is beautiful. It's in the, near the Cotswolds, a really pretty area of the, um, of the UK near 
in Oxfordshire. And it's in the middle of, uh, of course, fields and so on, like any festival. But also it's got um, little woodlands and little lakes that you can swimming, swim in and so on. So it's very kind of centered around that. Um, yeah, wellness, well-being, good music, chill vibes. But also <laughs> there's a, a crazy venue that's like the, the late night stage uh, that goes on till 4am is called the valley and it's like it's actually a small valley and that is complete crazy club night crazy lights yeah it's i don't know how to explain it you have to experience it um but it was fantastic yeah that sounds like tons of fun that's why i wanted to know what the name of it was so that i could put it on the agenda for my europe europe trip <laughs> next year <laughs> You're already yeah. making the list, right? I'm making oh, yeah. the list. Yeah, there's so many different I, things I want to do. Jirok, I'm happy to be your uh, trip planner and uh, organize a whole agenda for you. You will have to take two months off <laughs> to do all the things. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I could probably swing it because I could travel with my laptop. My wife actually works from home too, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe she could swing it too. We have to. We have to see. There you go. <laughs> mm, that'd be really cool. Yeah. Well, what about you, Morning? What's been uh, going on? Well, I'm dealing with a teething toddler, so didn't do much in terms of exciting things, but I definitely got harassed all weekend. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he had a couple of dinners where it was just frozen blueberries for dinner, and that's all he would Aww. eat. Aww. Thing. Um, but I also, I also played a game with my husband called It Takes Two. Mm. Yeah, and, I heard a lot about it. Oh man, I actually had a lot of fun with that game. The name of the game is Collaboration. And I'm not a big jumping puzzles person, but it was fun. It was good. And uh, it was a little, a little heavy on some of the themes. Definitely some trigger warnings for people. I would, I would say. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Oh, nice! Always nice to find a new game, especially something you can play with friends or family. Yeah, and you cannot play it alone. You have to have a second player for this game. <laughs> in in the same uh, in the similar vein, have you ever played uh, Overcooked? I have not. Okay, because that's another fun, I think it's a Nintendo game, but it's a, it's a fun multiplayer game. Uh, uh, the more the better, and the more the more chaotic as well. It's a game where you're basically manning a kitchen. Actually, we should talk to Tolkos about that game. So he's played it. But <laughs> essentially, you're, you're manning a kitchen and you have to uh, do all the, uh, or a restaurant, and you have to do all the orders and, and you know, organize yourselves with the other players to fulfill the orders on time. That sounds a lot like the game Space Team that you can play on your phone, too. <laughs> I just started watching fun. some YouTubers play that game, too. It looks like a total blast. Yeah, it is. We have to see if we could beat Tolkis at that, at that uh, restaurant game. <laughs> 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 well, what about you, Zion? Anything fun go on, going on over this last week? I have so much going on all the time. Between my own little game project that I have a team of 12 for and the business I just started, I always have someone contacting me almost every hour of the day. That's awesome. But um, I've been really happy lately because I'm starting to get a lot of clients for my dog business finally. And it's starting to kick off. And, and what is your Ooh, dog business? I do dog walking and sitting. 
oh, which nice. really leans into my uh, history since I've raised dogs for over 20 years now in my life. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, lo- I love dogs. <laughs> my family, uh, they breed and show Samoyeds. Oh, Samoyeds. Oh. So fluffy. They're so cute. <laughs> They're adorable. Vaste, I know that you're not enjoying the summer like the rest of us because you're in the Southern Hemisphere. So uh, are you enjoying the cold weather at least? No, I had to stay in the bed most of the week, so I couldn't join the last podcast either. Ah, because you, you were sick, huh? I was really sick. Hopefully you're feeling yeah. better, though. Yeah, I'm better now. It was some stomach age, so... It was not the best for some recording. Winter beats summer, in my opinion, every time. Oh, yeah. What do you like about the winter over no the summer? No bugs. Oh, no bugs. No heat. No heat. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, I, I would change it. I'll change you winter for summer. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe Just trade get, places every year. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'll swap <laughs> every, every season. Yeah. Or or the other option, Zion, is move to the UK and summer here has no bugs and no heat either. (laughs) (laughs) They they, they both have their advantages and disadvantages. I I definitely like different aspects of both, but uh, I guess if I had to choose between the two, I'd probably go with colder weather year round if I could only have one. Mm, um, I'm a lizard and I'm solar powered. Give me the heat all day, every day. Pain makes my, or uh, cold makes my pain spiral out of control. So I I can always be more comfortable in the heat, no matter what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, this weekend I had some fun things. I did a charity poker game, or I attended a charity poker game, uh, or or charity, I should say, fundraising for um, high school swim team. So that was was fun, just mostly hanging out with the guys, nobody playing too seriously celebrating a birthday on saturday and then on sunday we went to a big group of friends that we went to the santa cruz beach boardwalk oh yeah i haven't my wife and i were talking about we just realized we probably haven't been there in more than 15 years um which is surprising because it's such a popular spot here they filmed lots of movies there and just, oh yeah, yeah. Because it's such a popular spot. One, to name a few, they filmed a 2019 movie called Us, filmed uh, you know by Jordan Peele. Transformers movie Bumblebee back in 2018, <laughs> and then one of my favorite movies um, from 1987, The Lost mm. Boys. I was gonna say, yeah. I wish I had known you were going. I could have made some recommendations. I went to college there. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm a banana slug. What can I say? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And I can, I can recommend some of the best restaurants to go to there. Oh yeah. No, we were pretty much on the beach all day and the, the, uh, there was a big group of, of kids because uh, it was one of a birthday for the kids. So they just hung out on the, on the boardwalk and did all the rides. Uh, So yeah, we were just, we were just at the beach all day, but it's Very there's so fun. much to do down there. I'd, I'd love to plan like a two or three or four day trip because there there is quite a bit of fun stuff to do there. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, a couple of uh, well, one one big announcement: we have our season two server still going strong, uh, and you know, with respawning mobs uh, and resources in the dungeons, 
Uh, there's plenty there for new players if you're interested. As you heard, Zion is over there. Zion, you're playing on no map. I forget. I am indeed. Although I've been tem- tempted to swap to the other one simply because tracking down everything with no map is proving to be difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I know you. You, yeah, re- but- you really want to hit all the POIs, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I have a big old Google Sheets with like over a hundred entries of POIs by now. Wow, that's fantastic. You've been doing pretty well, although. Mm-hmm. I also pushed for the portal hub since no map allows portals. Mm-hmm. I've been logging all that for everyone meticulously. <laughs> oh. oh, I'm sure so they... you're the one I have to thank for not having enough time to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I figured there would be a, a portal hub set up. For that, uh, what do you think? So for season three, I've been talking to Kondo, my other admin, who's you know helps me set up the seasonal servers. We were talking about possibly limiting portals to only two per player, uh, instead of completely restricting them like we do on the survival server, which I'm, I'm sure they'll love it because that they'll go from having no portals to at least having two. But what would you think about on no map if you only had if you were only able to make two per player? So I'm very active on the Valheim Discord and portals has been a hot topic for me for a very long time. I actually am pro no portals. So <laughs> yeah, me I wouldn't too. mind that at all. Ah. No. Yeah, I oh. I think some kind of restriction on portals would be nice, whether it be permanent world yeah. portals. Uh, the old system that that they had where you had to find a stone circle to create a portal inside the circle or just maybe two portals per player. They would give more, you know, like you'd have to plan out more things and there's more mystique to portals, right? Rather than just being, you know, like, like, like yeah, Portalheim where they're just everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they're more, they could be more magical. Yeah. I've had the conversation so many times there. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, yeah, so if anybody's interested, Season 2, still recruiting new players, you're welcome to come over. Seven starting locations, 140 POIs. Just go to my website to sign up. Links are in the description. And talking, let's talk about some Valheim news. Gwen, what's going on in the world of Valheim? Yeah, so since last time, so I think last week we spoke about the image that was posted by the official uh, Valheim uh, or Iron Gate channel, which was an image of the three new weapons that we will get with the Mistlands, and we could see a sneak peek of the Mistlands in the background. Since then, uh, Grimcore, one of the Iron Gate devs, has posted a new image uh, on his Twitter account, I believe, and that image shows the similar Mistlands background than the sneak peek, the, the sneak peek or the uh, community post that we saw on Steam, Steam community post. Mm. So it's got the very kind of cloudy background. Uh, it's got the very sharp um, cliffs and trees growing on the sides. And if you zoom way in, you can see a tiny, tiny little Viking on the top of that, of one of the cliffs. And the Viking seems to be holding a big hammer, a hammer that doesn't seem to be quite like the hammers that we have so far. So 
Is that another sneak peek to another weapon that we'll get, a new, new weapon that we'll get with the Mistlands? I don't know, but I know that, Jirok, you made a video about it, so. Yeah, yeah, I made a video about it, and it was funny. Uh, Smith A actually sent me, on the day that picture was released, he sent me a link to Twitter, uh, specifically to pointing out that hammer zoomed in, mm -hmm. so... Uh, I thought, hmm, that that's a that's a clue. <laughs> and what did he say? He said, uh, uh, "Time for a video or something like that." <laughs> what did he said, he's that tipping you. Yeah, yeah. He, knows you. <laughs> he was tipping me. So, did you notice though? I think I mentioned in my video, but I didn't realize in the other images that they had showed of the Mistlands how big those trees are. They are pretty big. I mean, the trees in the old Mistlands were the biggest trees on of all biomes. Yeah. So I, I guess they it's a it makes sense for them to replace them by different looking trees, but similar size. So MD, get your hammer ready for multiple massive tree houses <laughs> in the new yeah. Mistlands. <laughs> I think I'm getting a name for myself. I, I might be in trouble here. <laughs> <laughs> what, the crazy treehouse lady? <laughs> Morning treehouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing how big. Uh, just I want to chop one down and just watch that massive tree, you know, fall over and you know kill a bunch of things. Because, of course, trees could, you know, do damage. I wonder what that one's going to be like when it falls over. If it can be chopped down. They have a lot of yeah. trees that can't be. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Maybe we I can. was wondering that. I was wondering that because the way the those trees are not just like straight objects. They kind of swell around the environment and around the rocks and so on. I don't know if they'll be choppable. We'll see. Um, but yeah, um, in, on Twitter, still on Grimcore's account, uh, he also posted a couple of days ago that it was, uh, Richard's birthday. Um, Richard is the creator of Valheim. So yeah, he, I think it looks like he had a, a, a big party. It might have been a big birthday. I saw some comments, but I don't want to speculate. It might have been a, uh, a big birthday for, for him. So happy birthday, Richard. And, uh. Yeah, I think that's that's about all for Valheim news. Yeah, and it, it, if uh, you're listening to this and you haven't already, jump over to Twitter and, and wish him a happy belated birthday and, and tell him we sent you. Yeah, and yeah. So other news, just uh, you know, I'm I'm you usually in contact with a couple of the devs, um, if not weekly, on a weekly basis, at least a few times a month. And yeah, Smith A was pretty excited about pointing out that new picture to me and the little guy with the hammer. Uh, but he also uh, was pretty excited about the crossbow. We had a, a funny uh, message interaction between us. So I, I reached out to him and I said, hey, Smith A, you know, we're thinking about uh, Valheim, you know, like fan festival. Uh, at some point in the future, a year, maybe two years, maybe try to plan it around 1.0 release, could do it sooner, could do it annually, who knows? But there's interest and, you know, who would I contact? So he, he, he suggested a few people for me to reach out to the other devs, which I did. But then he sent me a message and said, the, the unofficial Valheim Fest UK. And I said, you're invited. He says, but who? Who pay for my trip? 
<laughs> and then I said, the fuelings, of course. And he says, hmm, how to kill, how to kill fuelings for Valcon UK, question mark. Wait, 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 wait. What's the, why UK? I'm not that I'm unhappy about this at all, because I will be there. I will happily organize the whole thing. But why UK? Well, weren't you the one talking about having a longhouse or something like that? (laughs) Or having access? Oh, is that in reference to that? Yes. Well, so I... So who said that? Who mentioned the UK? Was it you or Smithy? Well, no, I mentioned uh, at the very beginning, I I didn't mention all the details. So I said, hi, Smithy. Who should I talk to about possibly organizing a Valheim festival? Gwen, one of my admins, is a professional marketer and organizer in the UK. And then so, of course, he just assumed it would be in the UK. Ah, (laughs) (laughs) yep. Yep. I'm happy with that. But I mean, yeah, we can obviously find, you know, a, a venue anywhere that's awesome for it. But yeah, so he says, how, how to kill feelings before Valcon UK. So it's already got a name, Valcon UK. Valcon UK. <laughs> Fantastic. And I said, bow, surprise attack. He says, crossbow to the heart, 2000 damage. And then he's got like a little emoji with a guy raising his hands in the air. So I'm thinking, oh, I guess the cross. He just told us that the crossbow is going to hit really, really hard. <laughs> um, so I say, it might be too slow. What if you miss? They might run up on you while you're reloading and give you the business. He says, it's fully automatic, question <laughs> mark. Um, so Ooh. just some, uh, and then he posted some gifts with it, but that that's probably a joke, but <laughs> like, like like a machine gun uh, gif he sent me <laughs> a machine crossbow <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure it's not going to be that but uh yeah anyway so say so yeah, some fun interactions and it's just it's a, it, it was fun to see um you know one of the devs really excited about the new weapons and talking them up like that and actually expressing a little bit of interest fun interest in in the uh, festival idea so I've started moving it up oh. the chain, so we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, let's let's hype it up. Let's see if we can get enough interest. Then uh, I'm happy to volunteer and uh, get get things in motion. Yeah, I would actually love that. I, I would. I was thinking about it. I was like, well, the thing is, there's already a, a number of uh, Viking festivals or Viking events that I can join, but just the idea to hang out in a longhouse with cool people. Uh, and just basically, yeah, with people who have an interest for the same stuff or Valheim would be great. Even if that's all, what, what, all we do all day is just uh, hang out by the fire, share stories. I'd really like that idea. But yeah, let's see. Of course, if I organized it, there would be so many activities, so many things. <laughs> Cosplay contest, of course. Yes, oh, axe we'll have to competition. Get, we'll, we'll, yes, I will. Well, yes, I will judge. I won't take part because <laughs> my axe throwing skills. We've already, we've already established my axe throwing skills are <laughs> terrible. Um, axe throwing, of course, could do a bit of archery. Even we should get uh, Tolkus to cook us some nice meals. Ooh. Ah, so many possibilities. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I may not be a chef, but I I make some mean mass production cooking projects. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. You're gonna make all the ice creams, and it's gonna be cupcakes <laughs> that look like the ice creams, and you're gonna make like two hundred of them, like last time. <laughs> oh yeah, I we mean, were- yeah. 
We definitely have to that. make food that resembles the food in, in game, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, that oh, would, yeah. oh my gosh, I'd have so much fun with that. You know what? Yep. Okay. Maybe we should yeah. start putting, uh, Gwen, we should start putting a list of ideas together for what, you know, things like that might be food that resembles Valheim activities, you know, start to really send them some, some ideas that we have to make it seem like a real thing rather than just, you know, oh, it's an idea that we're putting out there. But if they see that we're actually putting some thought into it, maybe we get some support from their end. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Very exciting. I can't believe how we them that in all that actually real talk about the festival. <laughs> I know we're talking about it like it's already going to happen for real, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it will happen I mean, one day. Don't worry about that. That's the only way to make it happen is like acting as though it's a real thing and going to yeah. happen. Valcon <laughs> UK 2023. It's a thing. Tickets are go on sale next month. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, uh... that, that's it. Like, you, you just got to pick a date and then we'll just show up. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, even if it's just like the four of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which it probably will be. The four of us in Bambi's front yard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm. Well, so uh, talk about quickly a couple of the videos that uh, all, uh, some of us put up. I did put up um, uh, a video covering the Mislin's weapons preview they, where they put out a new image with the bone bow, the two-handed sword, and the crossbow. And a nice little video where they, there's that image that Gwen was talking about with the, the new scene with the Mislin's and the little guy with the hammer. I bring it into Photoshop, brighten it up, zoom in, show you all kinds of stuff, take a really good look at the trees. And do you guys see that little pareidolia effect, uh, which looked like a giant walking in the mist in the background there? That was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah pareidolia is fun. It usually never turns out to be anything, but it's funny how our brains, you know, are pattern recognizers. And uh, let's see, Morning, what have you been up to over there on Twitch? On Twitch. Well, I mean, I saw you on my Twitch channel last night. <laughs> yeah, I got a little sneak peek into what you're working on. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been, I've been, I've been working on my tiny house. I did a little bit on my, I'm still working on my tree house, you know, who, who am I kidding? So I'm always, I'm always building always, always, but I also did the no map, my, my, my no map run on uh wednesday and we found bone mass oh nice that was that was fun and crazy <laughs> did you guys fight him not yet oh, no okay. that's probably gonna be tomorrow probably ran into some abominations or something while you're looking for him though no we didn't actually Ooh. not that i not that i remember we ran into a two-star boar though that was hilarious <laughs> <laughs> did it cause some havoc or did you guys try to uh, capture it we tried to capture it yeah mm. yeah were you successful uh, we were oh nice we were in fact successful so i'm hoping to have a few more guests on this wednesday and yeah so then also a couple of things i revealed a new piece of art that still needs some finishing touches but it was created by gwen's sister 
And I'm so excited. So you guys know that my my current avatar is me is my character with the root pants and the leather uh, the leather tunic and a green cape and a, a green or a black metal knife in a wheelchair with banded iron shields as the wheels. Mm-hmm. But you can't ride that. You can't use a wheelchair in battle. Mm-hmm. So I have a Belgian Malinois German Shepherd mix. And she is absolutely ferocious looking when she's not cuddling with the baby. And so my concept is, is that she would grow into a giant, you know, rideable wolf that I could ride into battle. So that is the current new image that Gwen's sister has worked on. And I'm so excited about it. Mm, it sounds really, <laughs> yeah, cool. really cool. So nice. Yes. Pretty epic. It really is. And then mm-hmm. also on Thursday, I will be celebrating five months of streaming and reaching 300 followers. Woohoo! Ooh. Congratulations. Congrats. I know. I'm still a baby. I'm still a baby streamer, but 300 followers in five months isn't something to sneeze at on Twitch. So that's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, I know it takes it takes a lot of dedication to your creator, you know, your channel as a creator to gain followers and you know, reaching especially you know, on Twitch, you got these people who are following you for hours and hours rather than just the few minutes of a video they watch on my YouTube. But mm-hmm. yeah, so they're following you for hours, you know, watching you on it for hours and you have to be consistent with your content and you know mm-hmm. and you know, be that you know, voice and, and I guess the visual too, that they're interested in and, oh, it takes so much work and you're putting it in. And so, yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Well, what about you, Vaste? You participated or you actually, so you're an, as an admin on my server, you ran an event and did you, did you stream it somewhere? I ran the first event and I didn't stream. I just record a few minutes of the moment all most of the people was there fighting. So mm. it's just a short clip, a bit speed up because there's only the music. Yeah. But a short clip of the event, the serpent hunt. Okay. And have you uploaded that video already? On YouTube. I, I uploaded it in YouTube. Yes. Oh, nice. Anybody interested? Uh, I'm putting the links in the description of my YouTube video here. So you look there, you can quickly find them. Um, I was just going to ask, how can we find Vashte on YouTube? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely check out the description for his link. Well, that's awesome. Zion, you're not uh, doing any um, video creating or streaming right now, are you? No, no. I've thought about it for a long time, but in the end... My heart lies in the actual development side of games, whereas uh, you guys are all on the front side showing them off. <laughs> and I just want to take a quick break from the show to share with you one of my sponsors, The Grim Frost, an amazing company that sells really, really cool Viking products. They have over a thousand different modern and historical Viking products. If you're interested, you should check them out. I have a link in the description, or you can go to my website, jirokthevikingcom slash Grimfrost. Now back to the show. Talk about some server news and events updates. Morning Darkness, what do we got? 
Well, first of all, I would like to announce and welcome new members to our server. This past week, we had Cal Drogo and his Khaleesi, as well as Bryn. So welcome, you guys. We absolutely look forward to seeing you around the server, the Discord. Very excited to have you guys here and see what you will make of it. <laughs> Well, and I'm surprised that uh, those two names were still available, not taken by uh, any of the other hundreds of members that have come through the server. So they're the first to snag them. Awesome to have you folks. And Gwen, what's what's been going on as far as uh, server and events news? Um, so this Monday, yesterday, we had the Great Folding event. Yeah. Um, so we had, uh, what I did basically is, um, I, I filmed the destruction and the rebuild of the great folding, uh, hotel Newumi, as we call it, which is the community hotel that the community, the players on our server be rebuild every two weeks when we do the server reset, the resource server reset, um, so that the rest of the players can enjoy, um, you know, having a, a, a storage space, portals, a bed, etc. um on the resource server. Um I am in the process, it's going to be a long-term project, but I am starting to document some of that with the help of uh, Crimson, who's our lead architect on the Hotel New Omi, and uh, we'll work together on a little video to talk about how that whole building rebuilding every two weeks works. So yeah, that's what we did yesterday. Um, but other than that, I don't think there was a huge amount or if any community events. Everyone is still busy with uh, season two and summer activities. So yeah, no community events other than the admin events. Uh, but yeah, I'm hoping that we can do a feast soon because we've had a number of new players join. So it would be nice oh. to do like a bit of a community welcome. That reminds on the me. Playground. Gwen, I need mm -hmm. your help decorating a table because I have the perfect space for the biggest feast ever. <laughs> hey, do you know that there's a competition coming up? Oh, yeah, no, I'm terrible at that. Do you want to use my table as your competition entry? <laughs> I could do. That's what I was thinking. If I'm going to do the work anyway, might as well. I Ooh. could try that. I, I've also, I've, uh, <laughs> someone else has asked me like months ago to decorate their kitchen and their table. So I, I need to do that too. But I, I'm thinking of also because I built that pa um, the kitchen palette that Jirok oh, did yeah. a video about. I actually had plans of talking about all these items and actually talk, doing a video around decorating and giving nice. tips to decorate a kitchen. Oh, so I might really actually cool. use that opportunity. Yeah, of of the the all those commissions <laughs> yeah Not commissions well, the requests I'm, pretty, I'm getting i'm pretty sure i requested you first because i requested <laughs> a trade for a couple of fooling totems back in december that is true that <laughs> <a long time laughs> <ago>. <laughs> well i think you're so past the, the uh, statute of limitations now if it was back in december <laughs> yeah i feel like i've done a couple of tables for you but the other ones were on creative mode and for pois and so on i think um, yeah. We, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll enter it as part of the competition. I'll do a video about it as well. It will be a go good opportunity to give people a few tips and ideas on how to decorate a table. So, yeah. Yay. 
yeah, so as part of also part of the great folding event that happens every two weeks uh, while Gwen was filming the building of the new player hotel, I set up uh, a location with an event for the players to take on who like to do the combat event. And it was the uh, shaman keep event. So there was uh, a fueling shaman who ruled the, uh, this keep uh, out in the meadows on a nearby island. Who's just minding her own business, not bothering anybody. And then a bunch of rascally Vikings came by to raid her poor keep and kill her. <laughs> So I guess that's in oh, the tr- no. I know. I guess that's in the true spirit of Vikings, right? Ooh, look, they have stuff. Let's go raid and take it. <laughs> so yeah, the uh they were just minding their own business. I just want to point that out. They weren't harming anybody, and the the Vikings raided their keep and and uh, sent her into the afterlife. But she's a powerful shaman, and her once her spirit was able to um regenerate uh she was able to resurrect herself and she is now there living in peace once again (laughs) or she had to convince all the um the natives to come and live there that it would be safe and that that she would protect them from future viking raids but i guess we'll have to see if they get raided again (laughs) Mm. and the location is this beautiful keep with four towers it's a whole adventure build so it's not just a keep it's an adventure build. It's one of the builds from our season two server where you have to find your way and the path into the place. And the, there's a, you know, a very special, you know, path through the towers and the bridges and how to get up. And it's a bit of a puzzle. And uh, there's very, very minimal parkour. As a matter of fact, I even made a couple of the jumps even easier. So almost anybody can do them. Uh, it's just more about trying to figure out the correct path to get up to the final tower where the uh, shaman is just up there minding her own business, I wanted to point out. I'm still looking for that uh, point of interest as well. Very much so on no map. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, there's two of them. So there's, uh, you know, it should be a little bit easier to find at least one of them, knowing that there are two out there. Um, yeah, I feel like I've been everywhere, but so many elude me still. It's really surprising. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm curious uh, to know how many other things are eluding you. Like if you you said you visited more than 100 locations, so you've got all the codes for them. Uh I'd love to see a list of the ones you're missing cuz uh, I did post how many of each uh, of the different achievement locations there were, so I'm sure you have a list of the ones you're missing. I do, actually. I can share that with you later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm curious. Just Very curious. Cool. <laughs> a sheet with all of them found, not found, portal placed, all that. Nice and organized. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for your service to Nomap and the people <laughs> who have no time during the day to have fun. Yeah, well, yeah. You can now get out there quickly through their portal hub. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to have a lot to move as well from because a lot of other teams are still contributing, but I have to shift all the portals from their hubs, you know, to the community one still. (laughs) Ah, right. Yep. 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 How many? Well, so there's like 140 locations. Do you have 
a portal for each one, or do you have some kind of sign labeling system so that they can just be relabeled? What do you, what are you guys doing over there? So for all the ones that have a definitive amount, the acrophobia and bridges, I have portals pre-placed for all of those already. So people can just link up to them if they ever find it. But like all the great ones and other pages, uh, we just have open portals with temporary names for people to link up to and then put behind it with some signs like the achievements there and the general biome it's found. Yeah, because otherwise you'd have more you'd have more than a hundred portals at that hub, and that just seems crazy to me. <laughs> we probably have about 60, 70 there right now. Oh wow. <laughs> Not all filled out, because like I said, a lot of them are just waiting to be linked up. But yeah. That's yeah. impressive. Well, I'm excited to learn when you guys finally find everything. That will be exciting. And I, I'm just so happy that all the POIs weren't found in the first 10 days, like in season one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've been really excited for you about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're a month and two days in and there's still plenty to be found. So that's that's pretty cool. I like that. Vashti, do you know how far along the, uh, most people are in finding POIs on survival? No, most of the people is getting it too slow. Too slow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we found a lot of POIs. I might say we are mostly at the same level. The, the mountain wolf have a record of, I would say, a hundred also. Okay, well, I've been watching that a lot, actually, because <laughs> I have you know a few competitors still beat me on points. <laughs> I dare say being able to share the map with the table makes it a lot easier to record the mm. whole map. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it makes it easier because I wasn't playing last week and today I grabbed like 20 achievements in one go. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to see the progression between the survival server who have uh, the map but no portals and the no map server who have portals but no map. That and, is interesting, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll declare the winner hope. In another few weeks, and we'll see who wins survival or no map. <laughs> uh, so, we're going to talk about uh, one of our favorite things uh, things we'd like to see changed or added in game. It's always fun to speculate what they could possibly add in the future, or maybe just little things that we would love to see changed or added to the game. Morning Darkness, yeah. what's on your wish list? So something I actually found out to, well, this last week. Um, so you know how with the bed placement versus, uh, campfire versus hearth, you can place the bed eight meters away from a campfire, but as far it, it expands when you put in a hearth to 14 meters. However, the comfort zone is really, really small. Mm. So even for the hearth, it's only four meters. So the, the hearth provides what two extra comfort when it's placed. Yes, that that zone is only a four meter zone. Only four meters from the hearth, huh? Yeah, uh, and so I wish it were a little bit bigger because I think the campfire is about the same. It's only a four meter, or hmm. it might be a little bit closer. But I wish, I wish with the hearth that it was just a slightly larger comfort zone expansion. Um, because that's really limiting when you're trying to build and decorate and, and get a really good comfort space that also doesn't look super crowded. Yeah. Good point. 
Interesting. Now I'm now I'm curious to set up a a little test grid and and measure all those things out at some point. Maybe maybe chance for I, a, a new video. I hope so. I think that would be super informative because also testing the brazier, the standing, the hanging, uh, you know, all of that. I I would love to see a video like that. Yeah, I didn't realize anything increased. Like you're saying, the combination of the bed with the fire or the hearth increases its range. I didn't, I wasn't aware of that. Oh yeah. So like the campfire, you have to be within, I think it's eight meters. And I think with the hearth, it's 14. And I think the brazier is also eight meters, but I, I don't, I haven't tested it. Cool. Cool. Well, Zion, if you uh, could have something added or changed, what would it be? So Actually, just yesterday, I was talking with Smith a lot in the uh, Valheim Discord about this exact same thing. Mm-hmm. We got to talking about how the rare occurrences, such as the big rooms with the ponds and so on in the frost caves, how those really spice up the experience for you from one cave to the next. So what I would like to see is tons and tons of those super rare occurrences to make it to where any one playthrough is really different from the next as you're exploring, you have a lot more to find that is unique and makes you want to explore. Oh, yeah, that'd be really cool. And are you referring to just the degree of randomization in the dungeons themselves or in the overworld or both? Uh, both, but also having the unique content that is rare enough that you won't run into it from one planes to the next planes to the next. And we got into the topic of like, is it okay for a player to find everything in one world? Or is it okay that they don't find everything in one world? It was a nice, long, insightful talk. Yeah, well, de- definitely right now, the Maypole, uh, I think what only one or maybe two spawn in a world, but some worlds can have none. That's sort of been with my with my idea with the seasonal servers is that I, I, I would love to have more just random different things that as you're exploring, you come across. And that's why for our season three server, you know, we have now builds from season one and season two that we can reuse. We have new builds being made for season three and not just adventure builds and dungeons, but we also have people building just interesting things to run into, like maybe a statue or some old ruins that, you know, are just there to add flavor to the scenery. And uh, I'm actually in talks with modders right now to see if we can come up with a mod that can help us randomly place those in a map so I don't have to go and place them manually, which would be really nice because then you could have a lot more of them and in, they could be in different configurations or maybe some maps have some and of some things and some maps don't have some of certain things. So yeah, more in the world to come across is like high, probably the absolute highest thing on my list. And mine too, especially. I would love if they had some more just entirely optional stuff, optional bosses, optional dungeons. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's kind of what I'm trying to do with mods over here, build that experience for players. And, you know, they can get that if they come and play on the seasonal server or if they uh, hook, get signed up for my Game Master patron and play the seasons, uh, download them for their single player world. So... Let's start to get a little bit of that. And hopefully I'm so excited to see by the time Valheim 1.0 comes out, all this content that we'll have to, you know, give in addition to what Iron Gate gives us to 
our all our own little things that we can add to the world to spice it up. So it's really exciting times. That's the one thing I think Valheim, like as a company at least, should consider that they should maybe think about having a small secondary team to add content to the old world while they keep pushing the remaining content. Because then they could sort of expand on two fronts simultaneously. And it would help um, with the big sort of droughts between content as well. Oh, yeah. I'd love to be, you know, one of the people involved in helping with adding content to the pre-existing mm-hmm. biomes. I feel like that's what they did, though. I remember one of the interviews we did with uh, either Jonathan or Smithair, maybe. They were talking about having exactly that. They split the dev team into two teams, one of them working on the big biomes and um, things like the frost cave update and the you know roots and the uh, root armor abomination and so on these were kind of little smaller patches content updates to all the biomes and it was different teams working on that which is why stuff came out at different times i i think that might be how they are organized although right now i believe it's all hands on deck for mistlands which would make sense but um, they have, Grimcore has said on the last interview we did, uh, on his birthday, a couple of months ago now, um, he did say that he felt like some biomes needed more mobs or mini bosses. And even though the frost cave update was done, he still felt like the mountains were lacking a little bit in, in mobs. So I wouldn't be surprised if after Mistlands is out, we see some new things added to other biomes, older biomes as well. Right. And it was good for a little while, but you have the problem of with other team working good as they are cohesively together. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really need all that power on the big next biome. And if they stop after Mistlands for a while to do small ones, then it will just push uh, Ashlands or Deep North, whichever they do next, off even more, you know? So I'd love to see a full-time organized team just for the old content. Five mm-hmm. people, maybe four. Well, yeah, I've, yeah. I've put together uh, a build team and for, you know, our servers and, you know, it would be awesome if we could start to build locations, at least maybe not mobs because they, that requires, you know, the 3D modeling and animating and all that. But but to build locations and s- like submit them for consideration to include in, in biomes. That would be awesome because yes, I, I want more mobs too, but I really want more locations. I just love exploring and coming across mm. new, new oh, yeah. points of interest that just for me, I like, I still get a tickle every time I see the statue in the swamp and I want like 10 more ver- varieties of things like that <laughs> out there. Yeah, Same. I agree. Even, even simple things like those stone circles mm-hmm. and you know, like interesting arrangements of stones in the plains and yeah, those little things that are just part of the environment, but that are things that you come across and, you know, it just, uh, I always dig around those cause I'm like, Oh, maybe there's buried treasure. <laughs> there's not, but <laughs> I always do it anyway. <laughs> uh, the, the swamp statue for ages, I was trying to interact with it or do something with it. Cause I was like, surely it has a meaning. It, mm-hmm. it might unlock something. Um, but those little things are, are fun. And also I really like, um, coming across structures like cabins in the mountains or, um, those kind of abandoned villages in the meadows. Those are mm-hmm. super atmospheric as well, especially if you're playing on a solo world and you're literally the only player there. So there's no other player built structures that you can really visit. It's nice to see some 
kind of uh, man-made structures as well in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what about you, Gwen? Things you'd like to see changed or added? So other than uh, endorsing the request for more locations, um, I it, it's kind of a weird one. I don't know. I would like more pickable p- plants. I like flower picking. It would be nice to have more plants that you could pick. <laughs> I don't know what for, but decoration. I, I like holding dandelions. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, to be able to make decorations, bouquets or more recipes for meads. I don't know. It would be it would be a nice thing. I've, I have a feeling it will come with Mistlands though, because they did tease two funky looking plants, exotic looking plants. So probably will be part of new recipes. But yeah, I think maybe that's that's what's lacking a little bit in the environment is there's not that many flowers other than the dandelions that you can pick. And in the plains, you've got those uh, the grass sometimes that has like those red flowers, which is really pretty. In the meadows. There's no no flowers, no plants. Meadows are supposed to be all about flowers, but there's none. We need a uh, herbalism profession with a bunch of rare flowers to find, yeah? Oh, that would be awesome. And then you can make um, potions and, and, and spells, and then you can be a shaman too. You could definitely have shaman <laughs> in the game, right? They yeah, exist. they do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Vaste, what about you? If you could change or add something, what would it be? I would like, I usually like the race, the random events that can appear at any moment. It makes you stay more focused on the game and not just a FK building mm-hmm. over the tree. And I would like to add like mini bosses, like they command the raid and make them attack and don't stop until you kill the boss. Like, like a, the most racing other games, so adding a, adding a bit more difficulty to the normal playthrough. Yeah, it's kind of what I try to do with our events, like the event yesterday. I had the shaman who was minding her own business <laughs> and being attacked and raided by the Vikings. But yeah, I, uh, as long as she was still alive, I would keep spawning in uh, mobs here and there to to help her. Or I would make server announcements. Uh, you remember that, Vaste? I would make a server announcement like it was the uh, shaman, like casting a spell or something. Like shouting to all the Vikings. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So at one point, uh, somebody, I think, used an at gear to knock her off the tower, uh, even though there was like, you know, iron bars to try to keep her up there. Uh, Somebody managed to knock her off. And so I in I made an announcement. You know, it's that center screen announcement. Like when a raid starts, I can add that message. So I uh, just typed in there that she shouted the word teleportum. <laughs> and then she, I, I, I teleported her back up onto the tower. And, and yeah, just fun little things like that to make, give her personality. And, and then she summoned like an, uh, a big, uh, uh, what was it? A fueling uh, berserker to help her at one point when she was getting desperate. And she cast a spell. A champion. F- yeah, a champion. She cast a spell for that, or she would keep casting spells. What was it? She, she summons death to help her. And then after a few seconds, she said that, then a, a new death Skeeto would appear. So everybody instantly started looking around when she said, you know, I summoned death to help me. They're like, here comes another death Skeeto. Get ready. <laughs> <laughs> good times. Good times. But yeah, I, yeah, that would be fun. A mini boss with raids would be really awesome. I think the raids are 
very, very overly simplified for, you know, that early, you know, first version of the game. I, I hope at some point, even if after initial re- 1.0 release, they also uh, give those raids another look to add some more dynamics to them, like a like a mini boss fight, you know, in an MMO or something would be a yeah. lot of fun. I personally think the the bots raid is especially made for people that is AFK. <laughs> just to make sure they they can stay uh, standing around. Yeah, if you go AFK at your base, then the bats come and kill all your animals and start wrecking your stuff, huh? Yeah. What is something that you want to see change, Shirok? Well, yeah, for me, it's all, it's now, most of the time now, it's stuff having to deal with admin things. And there's so many cool things to decorate in the game as an admin for placing at uh, locations for the players or adding interesting things to the world. Uh, I would just love to take all the pickable things in the game, you know, where you can walk up and you can pick it and get the model for that that's not pickable. So the, um, the crystals on the wall, you know, because I want to decorate with those as admin for locations, but then if the players can just pick them and take them off the wall, then they're ruining my decoration for the next player that comes through. <laughs> so, yeah, non-pickable models for pickable items would be awesome. And, of course, I have a mod for that now, so uh, it's not an issue. But um, in my vanilla server, it still is because I can't run that mod, but that would be mine. And now we're going to try our new segment, um, questions from community members. Gwen, you want to start us off with that? Yeah. So earlier today on our Discord, I posted in general asking for people if they had any topics or questions that they would like us to answer on today's Podheim recording. And uh, we had a few. So we had Deviant asking us after kind of in the same vein as the things you'd like to see changed in game after season one and two, would there be anything game mechanic wise that we would like to see changed or added in the vanilla game? So for example, seeing more detailed POIs, respawning fueling villages or crypts and so on. Um, so yeah, anyone has a, a an interesting answer to this? Uh, yeah. So, um, Game mechanic-wise, well, that last thing I mentioned about the the pickable models, that's definitely one. There's just a lot of little mechanics that uh, would be great for from the admin side so that we can build these uh, really cool adventure maps. Uh, maybe you guys have some thoughts from the player side. But yeah, pickable, pickable models. Uh, I wish I could uh, designate something as attackable or not attackable by the uh, creatures in the game so that... You know, if I place a workbench or some a torch down at a location for a decoration, what's well, supposed to be the fueling's house, right? But the fueling still attacks it because he thinks it's a player's house. But no, I'm like, fueling, stop attacking that. That's your house. You're destroying your own house. Um, but yeah, just like that, more a lot, lot more little options for for the admins uh to to toggle things on and off uh, so that I don't have to use mods. But what about you guys? From from the player side, do you guys have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I like the idea of respawning uh, certain mobs or villages. Although, yeah, I'm just thinking one: if you take down like a fueling village, but you don't pacify it, and by pacify I mean like putting camp camp 
uh, fires or stuff like that so that they don't respawn. Do they respawn or do they, is that it? Once you kill all the fuelings in the village? Yeah, in vanilla, they, they nothing in the game respawns uh, as far as the mobs ah. do go. From, okay. from like a dungeon well, or a yeah. camp, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that should be a thing. Like, there are, um, for example, the Jorga villagers, they do have spawners. And if you, if you break the spawners, same with the swamp crypts, uh, then they won't respawn. But yeah, maybe some mechanic where some spawners are, you can't break or things just respawn in, in like the fueling villages and so on, unless you pacify them by putting campfires or building on that site yeah because yeah once you've done once you've completed these things like if you've killed all the fuelings or joggers in those villages you're kind of left with just an empty location unless you decide to build on it you have to travel to the next one if you want to kill those mobs again so yeah and I mean, that that's fine for like a server, somebody who's playing single player because there's like this huge world. They can just keep expanding out to find other locations. But once you start playing with a few people, even if it's just like four or five of your friends, much less a server like ours, where we have over 150 people whitelisted on the server now, the uh, yeah, you you really want those locations to respawn because um, the feelings they can move back in, right? I'd even love to see them start to slowly rebuild their their little goblin village and towers and stuff. Like we don't have to see them like actually building it, but you know, it could just appear just like they appear, you know, like a new tower or something, just to show that they hey, they're returning to the area. Mm-hmm. Giving me some good ideas for the Valheim Discord, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, does anybody else have anything they'd love to see changed or added to the vanilla game just from lessons learned in season one or two right now? Oh, yeah, because we had the artifacts in season one, which mm-hmm. was like the big goal yeah. of the of the PY. So adding something like more interactive to the special places you go running around. That's definitely on the top of my list, too learning from season one and two to season three interactable stuff aside from just enemies would be amazing with doors being the only thing you can really interact with it's very limiting yeah yeah some kind of game mechanics would be awesome yeah you know or like you open a door and it unlocks a chest or vice versa or maybe i can assign a specific enemy who's a boss or mini boss because i give them more health or a higher star count they could drop a specific item. Like I, I don't even have mods for that yet, but uh, mm. uh, I'm talking with modders about it. But yeah, that's kind of like a huge wish list item. <laughs> Eventually, <laughs> that would be great for vanilla game. But uh, what are the questions we got from the community, Gwen? Um, so we had also from Not Really Evil, uh, who is asking if you were to design your ideal game, what aspects of Valheim would it have, and what aspects of other games? Mm, I bet you Zion has a bunch of ideas. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Just just pick like one or two. (laughs) Uh, There's only two I think I would really love to see. I'm a big fan of Monster Hunter. And the one limiting thing about that is it's always in like little small environments. I've never seen a game that has monsters that freely roam a big world. I think Valheim is poised in a position where they could do something like that if they wanted to. 
And then the other thing would be portals. <laughs> I would really change portals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Portals, I think right now are, are actually kind of a, a stain on the experience, which maybe makes it sound worse than it is, but I really think <laughs> that it needs to be rethought because, oh my goodness, it is, it is like Portalheim. And I think it really ruins the immersive experience the way that, that they're set up now. But yeah. I feel exactly the same. And I had a nice long talk with uh, the Valheim dev that's always active about yes. the exact same topic. <laughs> Did he seem to agree? Uh, no, not at all. Oh, <laughs> you have it. It's pretty split among the community. Half love them, half hate them. But it's yeah. very hard to think of an alternative. Is the problem because portals are like a great feature. I will keep them because the first time you go there, there's all the tree, all the discovery, but. Especially from, I come from a few grindy games that you need to go to the same place like over and over and again. You yeah. want those teleport. You don't want to do the 10 minutes sail to one place like uh, 10 times a day. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't think most people, uh, want it the way it, you know, all or nothing. I think that there's some kind of, uh, mechanic in, in the middle ground there that, uh, would would really improve the situation or the experience whether you know like i'm i've been limiting them where it's like you could have only two per person that's all the magic will allow is two per person or or they can only be you know created in certain spots in the world like the stone circles or or something like that or you know or or portals naturally spawn in the world in certain places you know in addition to those but yeah there's i think there's a middle mm -hmm. ground somewhere that would you know, for the people who love them and the people who hate them, I think, yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. I will say that for for me, it makes the game way more accessible. So, <laughs> oh yeah, and I think it could still be um, equally as accessible because so take take the example of two two portals per person. Well, you always have your two portals. You, you could always, you know, if you log on and you want to catch up with somebody, they could drop their one portal down. You could drop you, one of your portals of your two portals down, and then you could go catch up with them, you know, and then you guys between you and if there's an even a third or fourth person, you can have that one portal to get back to, you know, base or whatever to to reconnect, resupply or whatever. But, you know, eh. <laughs> it's not as convenient, though, as having hundreds of portals <laughs> each. I'm not going to go into the details of how many ways I could see that going wrong. <laughs> Oh, anyway. yeah. oh yeah no there's definitely complications that could happen that's what makes it interesting but yeah mm -hmm. it, it could become problematic for certain people i i would say that i i would love more more story you know i love mm -hmm. the open world nature of the game and yeah. you know i i you know i loved your interview with one of with with the lore writer for iron gate and or for for valheim but I really, I really do have to say that I would love more story, more interactable NPCs, that sort of thing. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I really love story driven content, but without the, you know, without, with still maintaining the sandbox feel that Valheim so beautifully balances on. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I do love the little bits of lore and in more would be great. Yeah. So Lee Williams, if you're listening, we would love more, even more story. That would be awesome. 
I don't know about you guys, but late game, I'm starting to miss Hugin. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, it would be interesting no. if he had late game b- bits of advice to give. It seems mostly to be all that early game stuff to help you mm-hmm. as like part of the tu- early game tutorial. Interesting. Well, Although it, it does, he, he does get a little old in the very beginning, especially every new character that you run through. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They need to toggle off for that. <laughs> Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, Gwen, do we have any other questions from the community? Yep. Our good friend Apollyon is asking, who would win a fight? A hundred neck-sized trolls or ten troll-sized necks? Necks. Ten troll-sized necks? Yes. Or a hundred neck-sized trolls? A hundred neck-sized trolls. <laughs> because if they're the size and of so a an troll, army of, they're stronger, of miniature right? trolls. No, wait. So 10 troll-sized necks, necks that are the size of a troll and just 10 of them, or 100 tiny weeny trolls. Oh. 10 neck, uh, troll-sized necks. So it's 10, 10 neckzillas, basically. Neckzillas. <laughs> neckzillas, oh. <laughs> yes. That's what I <laughs> the meant. Neckzilla. Yeah, the neckzillas yeah. would win. <laughs> I think okay. the trolls. Even you know, even if it was a neck size troll, they if it's still wielding that that giant log, you know, you're doomed. <laughs> Gwen, I just I have the perfect thumbnail for this podcast episode. <laughs> Neckzilla. You're welcome. I like that. Oh, that's gonna be funny. What do you think, Vaste? What's your uh, where do you put your bet? I I prefer all of them kill each other and no one stay. So the you can just collect all the loot. Conquer the world. So is this a request for Jirok to do a video with a hundred mini trolls and ten fighting ten Nexillas? <laughs> yes! This is an official request, Jirok. Yes! <laughs> well, obviously the battle I, of the century. Yeah, yeah, that, that might be fun. Of course, I'd have to tweak the trolls so that they're the power of a neck. <laughs> And the next, so that they're the strength of a troll. Oh, because just the size would not impact the. Yeah, I'm pretty sure even just one troll course. would kill all the necks <laughs> if he was his. Yeah, yeah. His mm. uh, same strength. Yeah. You have to also change their strength. That's true. Funny, but uh, absurd. Thanks, Apollyon, for the absurdity. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> no, I'm teasing. Uh, So we're going to do one more quick special segment today. This is going to be our first of many, hopefully, Valheim trivia competitions here on the podcast. I'm going to give you a question. I'm going to give you the multiple choice answer, and you're going to DM me your answer. First correct answer will get two points. Uh, The subsequent correct answers will get one point. Wrong answers will get zero points. So if you guys will all pull up your Discord and get ready to DM me your answers. When Odin the Allfather created Valheim, which number world was it? Was it the fifth, the eighth, the tenth, or the third world? Go ahead and DM me your answer. And let's see who got their answer in first. It looks like Gwen got her answer in first with the tenth. And Gwen is correct. Good job, Gwen. Two points for you. And let's Tenth see. Realm. Valheim was um, Vaste was second. I said Va- Valheim when I meant to say Vaste because same first letters. <laughs> uh, 
so you, you are correct, Vaste. You get a point. Let's see. Morning Darkness was next. She sent the 10th and the letter C. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, but I guess that's option C. So that, that's correct also. Um, so she gets a point. And let's see. What did Zion send? He said uh, the 8th realm. Oh, no. Sorry, Zion. <laughs> that is incorrect. Oh. <laughs> All right. So Gwen started off with an early lead. Second question. There are many tombstones scattered around Valheim that feature messages written by Vikings of the past. Who is the shield maiden of the forest? Is it Helga, Astrid, Lagertha, or Torvi? Send me your answers. And it looks like I've already got an answer in from Gwen first again. Yeah, I basically typed the answers before you read them out. So well, that's what you should be doing. Yeah, if you know that, them. Yeah. That's how you get it in early. <laughs> so I know now, Sina Baldor. I'm, uh, I'm doomed. Well, there's other types I'm of doomed. questions, too, coming up. But Gwen answered it. Astrid, and that is correct. Gwen gets another Yay. two points. Good job, Gwen. Morning, yeah, darkness. Attention on the interview with Lee Williams. <laughs> so, yeah, see, there you go. And next up was Morning Darkness with Astrid also. Congratulations, she gets one point. Next, it was Vaste with Lagertha. Sorry, Vaste. That is incorrect. Oh. And Zion answered Astrid. Question mark. <laughs> yeah, that is correct one point for zion all right gwen in the lead with four points morning darkness in a close second with two okay here we go next question what is the name of the other warrior who has left tombstone messages scattered around valheim is it ragnar floki ulf or Bjorn, Ragnar, Floki, Ulf, or Bjorn. And it looks like all answers are in. Vaste is first with Ulf. Good job, Vaste. Ah, oh, the only one I knew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Vaste gets two points for that. And let's see, next up was Morning Darkness with Ulf. Good job, Morning. And next up was Gwen with Ulf. Good job, Gwen. I'm a bit slow on the draw here. <laughs> You're, you've got I Ulf also. Got also. Ulf. Yep, okay, so good job. Everybody else gets uh, one point. No wrong answers for that question. That's good. True or false? This, this is only 50-50. You can flip a coin. An artisan table is required for a windmill to function. An artisan table is required for a windmill to function. Let's take a look at the answers here. First was Vaste. Looks like all answers are in. And he answered false. Correct. While it is true that you will need an artisan table to build a windmill. You are not required to have one in order for it to operate. The windmill will still work without an artisan table. Good job, Vaste. Two points. I don't miss it. 
And Gwen also got it right with false. Uh, Morning got it right with false. Diane got it right with false. Good job, everyone. I had to wait for the end of that question to get yeah. it right. Yeah. Did you notice how I did a little pause? I wanted to see if I could get somebody on that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll okay. see how right fast. Okay, here we go. What kind of damage are trolls weak to? Is it fire, blunt, poison, or pierce? What kind of damage are trolls weak to? Fire, blunt, poison, or pierce? Let's see who was first here. Oh, Vaste was first again, Vaste. So quick on the main weapon of the mountain wolf. <laughs> yes. So it, the ants, correct answer is pierce. Good job, Vaste, with another two points. And let's see, Zion is next with Pierce. Good job. Gwen with Pierce. Oh, and Morning with Blunt. You're hitting the trolls with the wrong thing, Morning. <laughs> womp womp. All right, so one point for Zion and Gwen. Next up, two more questions to go. What kind of damage are Draugr's weak to? Is it fire? Blunt, pierce, or nothing. Fire, blunt, pierce, or nothing. Looks like Avaste was first on that. Vaste thinks that the damage uh, draugers are weak to spirit. Spirit was not one of the answers. Um, I'm sorry. I to almost, say. <laughs> I almost typed. I had typed spirit. I was ready to enter, and then it wasn't and then an it option. It wasn't on the. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, okay." Uh, oh, I day. thought that too. Yep, that is incorrect. You yeah. are using the wrong weapons against oh. Draugr. Let's but they take that much against spear. Oh yeah, but they're but it's there. It's not a weakness. It's just what. Yeah. Uh, what are they weak to? So when you get the yellow color damage from them, because they're taking a uh, 50% extra damage from that damage type. No, it is not spirit. Morning darkness was next. And she says blunt and blunt is not the correct answer. They are not weak to blunt. Let's well, see. Um, Gwen <laughs> is next. Let's see what her answer is. And nothing. Gwen, you are correct. The Draugrs are not weak to any damage type. Good job, Gwen. You get a point for that. And let's see. Oh, and Zion. What's that? Doesn't she get two since she was the first correct answer? Um, I guess that would be the rule, right? The first correct answer. Yes, two points for Gwen, even though answering third. But yeah. Thanks, you, MD. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, and Zion, again, yes, not blunt. Um, so yeah, you guys are learning a little bit about the game when you're out there trying to give them the business, you might be giving them the wrong business. <laughs> so yeah, only Gwen got that one, right? Congratulations, Gwen. Okay. Final question. Get your keyboards and your fingers ready. Here we go. What kind of damage is a stone golem weak to? Is it blunt slash? Fire 
or pickaxe. What kind of damage is a stone golem weak to? Is it blunt, slash, fire, or pickaxe? Let's see who's been watching my videos when I ride the stone golem like a cowboy riding a, a horse. Zion is first to answer, and he got the answer correct. Pickaxe. Good job, Zion. <laughs> Someone's paying attention to good old Jirox videos. Yeehaw. That's someone I'll never forget. <laughs> <laughs> is it really a weakness? Yes. I thought it was more of a just a fun thing to do. I don't realize it was an actual weakness. <laughs> yeah, if you hit him with the pickaxe, <laughs> no, you'll see the yellow damage pop up. It's, it's the only weapon. Technically a weakness, but you still do more damage with a sword. <laughs> well, a really high level sword, yeah. But if you have an iron pickaxe, you know, and you're low level, you give them the business. <laughs> Actually, the higher damage is the iron mace. Yeah. Um, so good job, Zion. Let's see. Morning Darkness also said pickaxe. Good job, Morning Gwen says pickaxe and Vaste. Ah, everybody's paying attention. Good job, everybody. Okay, let's see. I got the grand total here. And drum roll, drum roll, drum roll. In fourth place. Thank you for your participation, Morning Darkness. With five points. That's not too bad. You got half of the answers right. Um, <laughs> let's see. Next up is Zion. Come back to, to steal third place from morning darkness with his two points at the end for scoring. First. <laughs> that cause he's at six. <laughs> Otherwise you would have tied. And the big question is who got first place? Well, it wasn't Vaste cause he only got eight points. Ooh. Good job, Vaste. And Gwen knows her some Valheim, even though she's been on vacation forever. <laughs> With a full even though I, 10 points. Yay, the person who plays the game the least got the most answers right. How is that possible? I, I will argue that that I, I thought you were asking us to, to type the letter. So I probably entered 10 a lot faster than the indicator showed. But, you know, whatever. Oh. It's fine. It's fine. I still would have lost. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. First Valheim trivia game, and Gwen is our champion. Good job, Gwen. Yeah. Yay. Yay. Thanks. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that. I think we'll, I'll try to put that together. It takes a few minutes, obviously, to put it together, but it's totally worth it. So now we're going to close out real quickly with... A couple of little things about us this week. We're talking um, something that we collect, either a collection, a collection of things that we co like to collect once in a while, or maybe we have like one prized collectible that we're just really, really enjoy and we prize it for the less than 5% who make it this far in the podcast morning. Do you have any collectible things that you like to do? Yeah. So it's kind of accidental. But I am a collector of books and not any particular specialty kind of book, just, you know, books that I love to read. Uh, I have books from when I was 14 still. Actually, I have children. I have still have my children's books that I've been reading to my son. But I 
have stopped being able to read physical copy books mm. um, because if I hold it, my hands and my arms go numb, even if I read for more than 10 minutes. And I cannot get into a book if I can only read 10 minutes at a time. Yeah. And so fortunately, I have now been able to accrue an extensive collection of Audible books. I have over 560 total uh, titles. Oh, wow. <laughs> of Audible books. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and yet you don't need to make bookshelf storage space for all of them now. They're just right. in the little in in the webs. <laughs> I still have one, six, seven, eight, eight bookshelves full of books that I don't really know if I ever plan on getting rid of them, yeah. but I can't really do anything with them either. So, mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome that you, you love Like my wife actually loves to read a lot of books and like the physical version of books too. So we have lots of bookshelves all over the house and uh, that, Mm -hmm. and I still have my shelves of DVDs and Blu-rays, although I never, I haven't watched any of them in in years and years and years. I don't even have a player, a functioning player to play. Oh no. Yeah. Once it (laughs) broke, I, years ago it broke and I just thought, why, why replace it? Everything is streaming. That's funny. Yeah. And I do have audiobooks too. That's probably what I listen to more than reading physical books because mm-hmm. I can, I'm able to multitask, but I still do love to sit down and, and do the work of, of reading when I have time. It's, it's awesome. Zion, how about you? Do you have anything that you like to collect? So I do actually. Ever since I was young, I like to collect Legos oh, and love. Mega Blocks. Yeah. Any particular style? There's a uh, series for, of the Mega Blocks called Dragons. And I love to collect all the minifigures because they're much cheaper than the Lego ones. Oh. I have big battle scenes set up. Oh, nice. And I like uh, Varger, which are like the green versions, which are similar to Vikings. Oh, <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, I've been debating on whether I should pick up a Lego Viking set because, uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's hard now. My my office here is just so full of Star Wars and other stuff. I, I'd have to take something down to make space for if I started a Viking collection of displayables <laughs> and Legos got much more uh, costly recently too. So, Oh yeah, they are definitely uh collector item. I have a bin of miscellaneous Legos out in my garage that I pull out once in a while, especially I love when people bring their kids over because uh, I'll, I'll dump them out on a blanket, like right in the middle of the living room floor. And then uh, everybody thinks, Oh, well, you're going to use the Legos to babysit the kids. I'm like, hell no, I'm going to sit there and play with them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I got two big bins just full of Legos. Well, what about you, Gwen? Do you, you like to collect anything? Uh, yeah, I like to, co- well, not really collect, but I some of my prized um, possessions are some of the wall arts and prints that I have. Um, I have like this one Star Wars poster from an artist called Liam Brazier, I think his name is. Mm. Um, And he does this really cool kind of pop culture um, art with geometrical figures. I think I might have talked about it on a previous podcast, but this one is a stormtrooper and the colors are beautiful. It's very kind of modern looking and discreet uh, as in you don't, you know, it looks like normal art and then you, then your eye, catches it and you realize, oh, wait, it's a Star Wars thing, but it's not like it doesn't jump at you as a Star Wars thing, which is why I like it. I've had it in my living room since uh, since I moved to the UK. And uh, yeah, it's kind of the only nerdy thing that I've got in the living room because it's kind of not too nerdy. <laughs> Everything else, all my other nerdy posters and um, art and things are uh, 
in, in the office. Um, but I especially like art that and, and really um, cherish art that was offered to me. Um, so I have a number of prints and things that were given to me for gifted to me for my birthday and so on that I really like. Um, and, uh, and also things that were made for me, like my sister did a, a painting for, for my birthday or Christmas or something a couple of years ago. And that's like hanging over my, uh, monitor. Um, I have another, um, Star Wars print that was made by a, a friend of mine, um, who's a, a graphic designer and did it in the same style as my Stormtrooper one. And it's Boba Fett mm. in geometrical figures. And that's really looking cool as well. And yeah, I, I really like those. Those, I think, are the things that will stay on my walls uh, forever. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, I was thinking when you were talking about that, I was thinking, you know, I'm at 9,900 subscribers, only about 100 more to go before uh, we do a face reveal for those who want to do it uh, or haven't done it yet. Morning, I know she's already on Twitch over there showing off, um, but uh the, uh, showing off. No, show, I mean showing off <laughs> the face so people don't, you know, it's not a question. Your right? beautiful smile, of course. <laughs> like, I want to show off too my, my face eventually here. Uh, but uh, uh, so I was thinking, I, I'm, I'm trying to just like get ready. Like I'm thinking about my background already and all the things I want to put behind me and how I might have to reset up my office if I, you know, it's going to be a regular thing. If it's not just the one-time event, but you having all the, you know, some of those, like, as you call them, the more nerdy stuff, um, might, might think about, uh, how you would redecorate that wall in the background behind you. If, um, yeah, well, that's exactly what I've been doing. Well, not for that, but for the, the past couple of months, I've been redoing my office space because I work fully remote. So my, mm. my office is actually where I spend most of my time, um, doing the work days, but also in the evenings for gaming and so on. So I, I have tried to make it more functional and so on. Um, the problem is because of the size of the room, which is tiny, um, it's like what in America you would call a, uh, a, a walk-in closet mm. is the size of this room. <laughs> it's really small. Um, and because of where the window is positioned, there's only really one place that I could put a big desk. Yeah. And unfortunately, the cool wall with all the cool nerdy stuff hung on it is the one that is facing me. Mm -hmm. So if I had a camera pointing at me, it would be behind, like all the artists behind the camera, yeah. not uh, behind me. So that's the problem. And I can't really change that. So I'm going to have to maybe put up shelves, be shelves behind me to <laughs> add more stuff or I don't know, get creative. Well, yeah. My, in my office situation, same thing. The wall that my desk is on has shelves on the side with all my figurines and all my displayables. Mm. And then that wall is full of posters and pictures and all kinds of stuff. And the wall behind me, well, there's the door to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I have to figure out something. It's like, if I could just turn around <laughs> and set up a table so that you could then see my desk setup and the wall there, that would be nice, but I don't know if I want to do that. Um, yeah, I I I'm in the same spot. I know I'm in the same spot. The, the thing is behind me, that whole wall, I put a giant whiteboard sticker. Mm. So the whole wall behind me is just a white, uh, a whiteboard. And I use that to take notes and just have like, I don't know, just my, my notes instead of having loads of post-it notes 
stuck everywhere on my desk. I used the wall behind me. Mm -hmm. So it's already quite messy. I was thinking, oh, maybe, but I'm not a really talented artist. But if I was, like my sister, <laughs> I could do a really cool art behind me on the whiteboard and that would be a cool background in itself. But I'm not. And right now it's full of notes and like timings for cuts for video editing and so on. So I have to sort that out <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Maybe I'll do a quote of the day and or some random fact and see if people notice what's written behind me. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Make, make it fun somehow. Mm -hmm. What about you, Vaste? Do you have anything that you like to collect or maybe a prized collectible? No, I, I actually don't like to collect. I, I prefer not to have that many stuff just laying around. Yeah. But I do have one that is not collectionable, but I really appreciate. Uh, that is the, the legendary edition of Skyrim that I brought for, for PC3. I mm -hmm. played that game a lot. And that one is a game with a, a poster that it was the map of the game. Mm. So I really like it. I, and I don't have anything else to say either. <laughs> oh no! Well, it's it's interesting. It's like a box version of the game that comes yes. with a special poster. Uh, so my one of my prized collectibles is part of sort of my childhood of playing role playing games. Um, I have all I have all of my old uh, gaming role playing books and box sets and things like that. And one of my favorite role-playing game sets was this one called TSR is the company that made a lot of role-playing games, including Dungeons and Dragons back in the day. But uh, the Conan uh, role-playing game by TSR came in a little orange box set with a really fun, like comic book drawing of Conan on the cover. But even more uh, fun was the poster that was inside, just like your Skyrim poster. It, it came with a poster right. that was a map of, Hyboria, which is the world of Conan. And it's just such a really well um, designed poster. It, it, it's beautiful. It's like got a frame and there's a wizard on one side and these weird dragon creatures on the floor, lizard creatures and Conan on the other. And then in the middle, it's all framing the world of Hyboria. And it's just a simple little colored map that, you know, is a few dollars inside of a $15 box. And I've loved, always loved that since I was a kid. I played in that world so much as a kid. It is now the biggest poster on my wall right above my desk. It's the first thing I see when I sit down at my desk before my monitor turns on every day. And it's been there for like 15 years. I just love it to death. Nice. Gotta keep your childhood with you, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, I, I just feel like the body is bigger and it, and it hurts more, but I still feel like that young person. <laughs> uh, but, uh, well, I think that's going to do it for this week. Thanks for joining me, everyone. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us next week. week. <laughs> that's it for now. Have fun out there.
Thank you for listening to Podheim, Jirox Valheim podcast. We have new episodes coming out every Friday. And if you enjoyed listening, please support us by subscribing to the podcast on your favorite platform and leave us a rating and a review to help more Vikings find us. We also have a Patreon with perks for supporters like behind the scenes discussions, exclusive content, and segments that are edited out of the main podcast. And if you'd like to join our friendly Discord community, we have more than a thousand people there. Just go to discord.gg slash the Viking. If you'd like to play on my Valheim servers, just go to my website at jirockthevikingcom and submit an application. I'd like to give a huge shout out to my supporters, some of them on Patreon, the YouTube membership, and the ones who help boost our Discord server. Your support means the world to me and inspires me to make more videos, as well as run a community Discord and multiple Valheim gaming servers. If you enjoy my videos and would like to support my work, join our friendly Discord community and Valheim servers, links can be found in the description below. Skull!